0: Welcome to the Boss Ladies Podcast. I'm Olivia Wary, and as a young female working in the industry of technology, I'm constantly struggling to find my voice and overcome challenges thrown my way. I've decided to have conversations with Boss Ladies in every industry to hear how they do it. Boss Ladies is intended to inspire women and men of all ages to overcome their fears, explore moonshot thinking, speak up for who they are and what they believe in, and move up in their respective industries. Every day we are faced with challenges, so it is my intention to empower you to get the advice you need by interviewing top executives who have been through it all. On today's episode of Boss Ladies, please welcome Nasia Kamrat. Nasia is the CEO of Faculty. Faculty creates digital content for Spaces. It's a boutique agency that focuses on the entire life cycle of digital content. Their expertise is in content creation and spatial programming, working to get your brand seen by the right people at the right time. To learn more about faculty, go to www.wearefaculty.com. Nasia, why don't you start by telling us a little bit more about yourself?
1: I am the co-founder of a company called Faculty, uh, which is a uh, certified women-owned strategy, video, and technology agency, and we basically specialize in Sort of strategic tech forward brand experiences mm-hmm. that could be for events or for retail or for digital out of home. Uh, but you know where where technology and content creation and storytelling and strategy kind of merge is sort of where our expertise is. So I was raised uh, in upstate New York. My parents uh, we lived in like the country in this very like beautiful tiny little town. But my my, my parents were from Brooklyn, and so I spent oh, awesome. you know, every you know. Every weekend, visiting grandparents or, or family in, in Brooklyn. When I was uh, in going into high school, we moved down to South Florida. Uh, my dad had a, a, a job opportunity down there. And my mom went back to midwifery school. And I uh, ended up spending a few years in Florida, ended up going to school there. Um, I actually majored in uh, theater and creative writing and decided to move to New York because what else do you do with a theater and creative writing degree (laughs) except for move to the big city? (laughs) So I came to New York. I wanted to do theater. I did all this like strange, weird, experiential, experimental type theater with lots of like projections and Nobody understood what the theater was about, but it looked really cool and had a bunch of odd jobs. Like I, you know, worked at Bob Dylan's publishing company and I worked at a yoga studio and I taught hula hooping classes and, you know, (laughs) did my weird theater uh, at night. And then I needed health insurance. (laughs) So I got a job in advertising, which is sort of what you do when you need health insurance and you're, you know, in, you know, 22 years old, 23 years old. Yeah. (laughs) So I worked at a Agency for uh, about eight years, um, started off as a, you know, executive assistant and worked my way up the creative department and ended up, you know, sort of staying there for, for quite some time and working in various roles in both creative and production and really just like learned the ropes, left that company, um, took some freelance gigs and eventually met my business partner who uh, we knew each other for about um, maybe a month before I was like, you know, we should start a company together. And he said, sure. And we did. And seven years later, that's uh, that's where we are today.
0: Oh, I love that. That's awesome. So how did you meet him?
1: So I basically took a job at this company. Um, as was a small uh, sort of boutique design firm that sort of specialized in digital at a home and um, branding. Definitely not a very good fit for me. The owners were three... Men, the partners were three men, and I didn't, you know, have a great experience there, but I met this really incredible design director who ended up being my business partner. And so we were kind of running the media division of this company. And we just hit it off. You know, he is really great for all of my big crazy ideas. He's very sort of methodical and execution and technology based. So mm-hmm. I'll be like, We should do this insane thing. And then he'll be like okay. he sits for a minute and he figures out, okay, we can do that. And then he starts to figure out actually to take sort of this like insane vision that I have and make it into a reality, um, which is awesome. So yeah, that's we, a great partnership. It, it is a really good partnership. And, you know, we've been we've been at it for about seven years and we've evolved and changed. And, you know, I think that's sort of the beauty of running and owning a business is the sort of flexibility and the openness to constantly Evolve and to always sort of think about what's next and what's possible. Um, so that's been the most exciting thing for me in this endeavor is every day something different. And we're like, how can we sort of reinvent ourselves and make something even more amazing or cooler than we did yesterday? Um, and that's been that's been pretty exciting.
0: Yeah, that's an awesome awesome goal. Um, yeah. So you're technically it's a woman owned business, right? So you technically the majority owner.
1: I am a majority owner. So we are a certified WBE mm-hmm. and a WBENC company. So that basically just says that I am the majority owner. I am the one making the primary decisions for the company. Although my business partner and I are very, very equal in a lot of the sort of decision-making process and how we want to move the company forward um, in the end, because I am the sort of, face of the company in a lot of ways, it made a lot of sense to sort of um, position it that way. And I think personally for me, and and he feels actually very similarly that, especially in our industry, which is so male dominated, like Mm -hmm. if you're talking technology or production, like I am pretty much all the time, the only woman in the room with a bunch of white dudes, like (laughs) all the time. So I think because of that, and because of wanting to have a, you know, having a voice at the table, we thought it was actually really important to have it be a woman owned company. You know, he's a minority as well. And so we felt strongly that this was something that was an important thing uh, for the company that, you know, the, the face of our industry is not always have to be just like these older white dudes.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think that's, I think that's incredible. And that that's very exciting. And it's a, it's a great time for that right now. So what's it like being the owner then of a woman owned business?
1: You know, I think being the owner of a business in general is both like incredibly demanding and incredibly rewarding and super scary and really exciting all in the same moment, right? (laughs) So I think, you know, when you are running a company or when you are starting something, um, there's incredible freedom in that, but there's also... you this is you live and breathe this it's it's almost like having you know you're you're bringing something into the world and so i think there's always incredible challenges that come along with it but i think you know particularly being a female in this like super male dominated industry has this added like a few more challenges i think than just running a business in general so you know like there're definitely times where like i'll go into a meeting, like a very important meeting with like really big brands. And I will bring my business partner, not because he says very much, he's actually pretty quiet most of the time, but mostly because I want to have a a guy in the room so that the people who I'm talking to take me seriously, which is both good and bad at times. You know, I think, you know, I'm very aware that I'm doing it, which allows me to sort of say, this is the end goal is, is what I want it to be. But I've definitely had those moments where I'm like, oh yeah, he's just here be- for optics. right?" <laughs> <laughs> I said, That's why I'm bringing him into the room. Um, <laughs> so, and it, you know, it definitely like shifts the dynamic and the conversation, even if he says nothing, or if he says just a couple of very, very, very little things here and there, it just shifts the dynamic. And I think there was nothing, it became even more apparent when I was pregnant. Oh, interesting. There was like this one, this one time I went into this meeting, it was a very important pitch with a pretty, pretty sizable client. And I was like, I don't know, I must've been like six months pregnant. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so I was definitely like, obviously pregnant. Like I was, there's there's no way to pretend that I, you know, up until then (laughs) I would feel like cool New York baggy black clothes that nobody knew. Maybe I just was a little chubby and nobody would say anything. But now I was like definitively obvious, out of doubt pregnant. (laughs) And I remember going into the room, and it was the first time where I really, I truly realized that being, even if I was saying all the right things and knew exactly what the conversation was supposed to be and how to sort of direct that conversation, it was the first time I actually felt that uh, being a woman and being a pregnant woman was putting me into a position that made it was kind of uncomfortable, and I was very, it felt very, very, very strange. Um, and usually I'm not, I don't feel uncomfortable in a room. Yeah. So that was one of those moments where I was like, oh, yeah." being a woman owned business, this is, you know, you know, the, the guys don't have to deal with that. Yeah. You know, when, when they're having a baby or, they're, you know, they're about to have a kid, nobody knows unless they tell them. Right. <laughs> so, you know, and, you know, I think, but I do think that, you know, I've learned a lot over the last year, especially since I've had a, had a baby and it actually I think has having a baby has actually allowed me to be a better boss in a lot of ways. I'm oh, um, I mean, super efficient. Like I'm more efficient than I've ever been before. Like I always thought I was efficient until I had a kid. I'm like, Oh, now I know what efficiency is supposed to, be. <laughs> to get that done. But also I think there's allowed me for a different level of like empathy and listening that I didn't have prior to having a child. So I think that was sort of a, a thing that, you know, being a woman in business and running a business, and then sort of having this thing that's so uniquely being a mom is such a, a woman thing, um, I think has definitely added a different uh, dynamic to even being that sort of woman-owned business that I had been, you know, for the six years prior.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You'll definitely keep getting stronger through um, experiences like that. Totally. Yeah. So I'm curious to know, like, are there any sort of programs or opportunities you get in New York because faculty is a woman-owned business?
1: Yeah, so actually, um, actually, being a woman-owned business or a minority-owned business in this country, but you know, specifically in New York, um, which is where I'm certified, so having these sort of WBE and WBE and C certifications allows you to, you know, when there's an RFP that's put out by, let's say, the city, there's a certain quota that they have to have of women-owned companies or minority-owned companies that are bidding on that job. So it doesn't necessarily say that you're going to win the business, but it does give you a, a foot in the door, you know? Right. And uh, with the WBENC certification, which has been a really interesting thing, um, it's, it's you know, it definitely took a little bit for us to get that certification. But that actually is from the brand side of things, brands also... A lot of the larger brands and the Fortune 500 brands have a real commitment to supplier diversity. And so having the certification gives you, you know, resources and a community to help sort of build those relationships with some of the larger brands. So, for example, they have these like lunches or these breakfasts where you can go and you could talk to these really big brands. And they could talk about how you can get into their supplier diversity portal and how you can best utilize your certification to win more business. So that's been kind of an exciting thing. And I think that it's really nice that these larger companies sort of have these commitments, um, especially, you know, they in industries where there aren't that many women owned or minority owned companies. So
0: yeah, definitely. Have you do you feel like you've made a sort of a stronger network too of peers just that you can talk to about? I don't know,
1: similar challenges you guys might be facing? Totally. I think, you know, the, The most interesting thing about having, you know, being a woman-owned business is building the sort of network of other female founders to really just, you know, have like have a support system, I think is really amazing Um, because you do have similar challenges, even if you're in different industries. I think there's something really lovely in sort of today's environment of like, women who own their own companies and own their own businesses and founders or entrepreneurs. There's a lot of like support in that. There's a lot of partnering. You know, we, you know, a lot of our work um, and a lot of the business that we've had has come from us partnering with other companies and having that all be like really amazing, kick-ass women-owned companies sort of working together towards something, I think has been an incredible experience. And so we are sort of, consistently trying to sort of bring in more of those partnerships. And so we have like, at this point, like this last year, I think we've really sort of expanded our network of um, other like female founders that we can work with who sort of work in fields that are complementary to what we do. So we just did a project recently with another company. They brought us on to this like really cool event. And we like built out this like amazing activation at this event And it was just really fun to work with like another women-owned business and like have similar challenges and, you know, but also like at the end of it, have a glass of wine and be like, oh my God, that was Mm -hmm. amazing. That was so much fun. So I think there's been a really lovely sharing that I've seen happen over the last few years and particularly in today's current climate. I think women are banding together in ways they haven't before, which I think is a really nice thing to see um, and really trying, trying to support each other and build each other up. And, you know, bring everyone into the success story that they want. So that's been lovely.
0: Yeah, I think that's awesome. That kind of answers the collaboration question. But is there anything you want to add on to like ways you like to collaborate with other female business owners?
1: I think one thing that's been really exciting over the last year for me is actually um, I had this idea to build out a cooperative of women owned businesses that can sort of band together to go after some larger projects. So, you know, within this sort of family that I'm building, we have companies that do PR, we have companies that do technology, we have companies that do events, we have companies that do traditional marketing and branding. Um, we, you know, have a, companies who do fabrication and, AV and all the stuff that you kind of need to do within the sort of world that we live in. And it's been really exciting because we can work together and go out, go after RFPs. And, you know, it's sort of this like collective of like best in class talent that can sort of work together as a larger entity um, when the needs arise. And that's been really exciting too, of starting to find those other women who want to be part of this and want to do something together and want to actually build something that is more sustainable by making sort of like building our forces, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's been really cool. So it's just like a, it's just a really cool way of teaming with like cross-disciplinary experts.
0: I think it sounds like you're making a big move. Like, Tell me a little bit about that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I just moved out to the West Coast, Portland, Oregon, actually, uh, to open up our second office and i really excited to expand our network out there, but specifically uh, our network with other women founders. And that's really exciting for, for faculty.
0: That's awesome. So how are you like finding these women and finding these companies to partner with?
1: I talk to a lot of people. (laughs) So so I think the one thing that I have realized about sort of having your own business is you, you just have no shame. You'll talk to, I'll talk to anyone about anything really. And I think one thing is just putting myself out there. And the more I talk about it, the more someone is like, Oh my God, I know this person. You have to talk to this woman. She's amazing. She does X, Y, and Z. She has to be part of this because of this. Mm-hmm. And so it's been a lot of really beautiful word of mouth. I've gone to a lot of events. I've gone to some of these sort of like WBNC events and these WBE events. I also, uh, there's an organization in New York called Fly Founders, which I've gone to a few of those and sort of met some other really cool women who are doing interesting things. And then you just sort of build your network because I'm talking to this woman who does this incredible, really amazing awesome events, but then she has someone who she wants to introduce me to who does PR. So I think it also has this, it sort of grows on its own, which I think is really exciting because you also get this beautiful, like cooperative of women who are from trusted sources, you know, so you know that if I'm going to recommend someone, they're going to be amazing because I'm, I'm not going to recommend anyone who isn't. So I think it's been this really great organic growth and you know now we're trying to just make it a little bit more formal as opposed to just we like to work together.
0: <laughs> so I'm curious like do you have any advice for some of our female listeners who are looking to own a business at some point either now or maybe down the line?
1: Um yeah, I think you know a couple of things I would say is so when I just decided with my business partner to go and start a company, we didn't really put much thought into it. We're just like, oh yeah, we can do this. We can do this better. Let's do this. And that was kind of the extent of it. I think we learned a lot along the way. And I think that something that's really important for any business owner is yes, you know, planning is essential and really figuring out your what differentiates you from other companies or what your long-term goals are and really sort of making sure that those are really, really solid and in place um, and knowing that they're going to evolve. So I think the one thing that I probably do differently if I were to do this all over again was, you know, a lot of times um, when you are in a small company, you get very, you're very reactive. So something happens and you react to the problem at hand and you don't always sort of think of like the bigger picture because, you're just trying to just keep all the balls in the air. I so I think that definitely finding ways to be more methodical in sort of building a more sustainable company. And then, you know, also being like, you know, you're gonna you're gonna mess up. You're gonna mess up a lot. <laughs> and being able to forgive yourself, being able to forgive your business partner and your team and not be so hard on yourself because there are challenges and you know, the the challenges that come with the business. There are challenges that come in your personal life. There are challenges that come with your employees. And I think, you know, being aware and open to the fact that every day is a new learning and taking that in, I think is super helpful. And you know what? Like right now, the world is an interesting place. And I think if you have something that really Excite you or you're really passionate about anything that you can make a difference. And as a woman who's starting out in your career, if that is something that calls to you, try it. You know, you may you may fail and that's fine too. You may do amazing, but the reality is, is you're getting your voice heard. And I think particularly now that is more important than ever to sort of change the trajectory of the sort of world that we're currently living in.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I couldn't agree more with that. So just to jump topics a little bit, I heard you released a film on the underground burlesque clubs. Can you tell us a little bit more about that?
1: Totally. So we uh, recently finished a film about a New York City neo-burlesque, which is this very sort of like weird little world of burlesque that if you're in the know, you you, you know about it and if you don't you you don't really know much about it Um, so the film's called Obscene Beauty basically we followed around uh, we basically interviewed 30 of the top burlesque performers in New York and we filmed some of their shows and really the sort of entry into the film my co-producer and co-director and I we have a friend from college who is in the burlesque scene and we saw a couple of shows and it was really just sort of like this fascinating world. And we saw these women who sort of, yes, they take off their clothes, but they're also these incredibly powerful women who are owning their sexuality in ways that is kind of incredible to watch and that seeing that on a stage. So we started following people around. And for me, I think the thing that was the most powerful to see and the most powerful to hear were You know, the difference between a burlesque performer, um, and we follow around a lot of, like, boylesque, which is, like, the men who are doing this as well, but in the burlesque community, you are creating your own act. You are basically building these little mini three-minute theater pieces that may start or end in nudity, but it's very political, and it started off, especially in New York, as a very political thing. You know, it was sort of the merging of the drag world and crazy performance art. And it's, you know, kind of bubbled up in like the nineties and, you know, there's this incredible performer named Tigger um, and he talks about, you know, what he started in burlesque. It was his way of saying all of my friends in the eighties died of AIDS. Right. And this is how I have to, this is, this is my statement. This is my political statement. This is how I can communicate what happened to me in this world. And so hearing that, I think sort of changed our perspective, at least my perspective, I think Leslie as well, of that this is not a thing, you know, it, it's a thing that empowers women in a lot of ways, um, which I was really f- interested in discovering along, along the way when we were sort of doing this. We have been uh, working on obscene beauty for about six years now. Um, we had a challenge early on where uh, we, we did have some seed money in the beginning, but lost it in the midst of production. Um, the sort of outside ideas of what the film should be about didn't really align with the film that we wanted to be making. You know, you, you hear burlesque sometimes like, oh, pretty girls taking their clothes off. And that is not the film that we made. <laughs> um, we, we made a film that is, you know, about women empowerment and women of all shapes and sizes. And we ended up deciding to self-fund the film towards the end, which uh, definitely, you know, extended the, the schedule a, a little bit. But in the end, we were really excited that uh, the film that we put forth is the film that we feel very strongly about and one that we feel is very important, uh, especially in today's current climate.
0: And I, as you said, you know, all these women are really strong and, and super powerful. And I'm curious to hear how you think it's sort of relevant in the context of uh, today's Me Too movement.
1: Yeah, you know, I think it's actually more than more relevant than ever in in regards to the Me Too movement. I think, you know, the Me Too Me Too movement is about women not having a voice, right? So someone is is doing something to women and they are using Me Too as a way of saying this isn't okay anymore. So, you know, whether you had a boss who Said something inappropriate to you, or if you had, you know, were attacked, or if you had, you know, if you're a victim of sexual violence. The Me Too movement is sort of your the way of banding together about that. And I think the thing with Me Too in context of this film is that these women are making this choice to do this, and they're saying, This is who I am, this is what I look like. This is the story I want to tell. This has nothing to do with a man and making me feel uncomfortable in this world. This is me owning my own sexuality and saying, look at me. This is what I want to share. And I think that is the difference. They're saying this is they're the ones presenting this as opposed to someone else forcing them into something that's not what they're asking for. And so I think particularly right now, that type of voice and that type of statement is even more important because, you know, in this world where we all have a story or two or five or whatever, right, about Mm -hmm. what happened to us in some context, these women using the stage as a platform to tell their story and to do it on their own terms, you know, the, you know when you go to a burlesque show, the producers aren't telling them what act to do. Right. They're saying this is what I'm. This is what I'm going to perform. And you can, if you don't want me to perform this act, then I'm walking out the door. So yeah. it really is about what the women want to do. And I don't know if there's that many other, especially from the performance standpoint. You know, having worked in theater, there's no other place where women have that much power to be like, no, this is this is me. Deal with it. Yeah, you know. <laughs> And I think especially now that is incredibly important, you know, and incredibly important to give to give voice to whatever the women want wanna say in whatever way they want to share that.
0: Yeah. No, I definitely agree. Where do you where can listeners find this film? Or can they find it yet?
1: They cannot find it yet. Okay. Actually, so one of the burlesque houses are there's there's a few main ones in New York, but one of the big ones is in Coney Island. So we were super excited to premiere the film at the Colony Island Film Fest a couple of months ago. um, And now we're talking to some distribution partners. So stand by. um, But uh, the film is Obscene Beauty. Uh, If you go to obscenebeauty.com, once we know more about where you can find the film, uh, we'll have that information on the website.
0: Awesome. So, gonna jump topics again. It seems like you have been able to do so much from being a women-owned business and creating this awesome film that's empowering women to share their stories and to to show their power and their beauty. Um, so, who who have been your mentors throughout your career and throughout your life to kind of inspire you and motivate you to do all of this?
1: So, you know, i've I've had I've had a number of different mentors. You know, I've I've worked in a lot of different I've had a lot of different careers in my time. So, you know, I've had many different mentors, you know, my mother being a working mom and sort of juggling being a midwife and raising a family and making it look like super easy. Like it was like not a big deal at all. (laughs) You know, back in my agency days, I had this amazing creative director and she uh, sort of taught me, I think the beautiful thing that she taught me was you can work really hard and you can do incredible work. um, But you can also like have a great time doing it. So like work hard and laugh harder. I think something that was like really important. So especially, you know, in the type of work that we do, it's like long nights and it can get stressful. And, you know, if you're, you know, we did a project where we're like filming on a deserted Island for a week, you know, living in tents. Wow. Um, And if you can find a, incredible team that you can like create really interesting work with, but also like laugh with and enjoy spending time with, I think that kind of just makes everything a little bit easier. Right. Yeah. And I think that, you know, the other thing is, you know, like we talk a lot about women and sort of women mentors and how to bring other women up in this sort of world that we're living in right now. But I think that something that I find, you know, is that, you know, there are also, I've had incredible mentors who are men as well and I think that it's also very important to kind of bring them into the conversation that we're having and starting having them as mentors allows for them to better understand sort of the woman perspective of what we're going through in sort of today's climate so I think that it's just as important to have mentors and mentees of both genders because I think if we really want to sort of change the needle on the conversation it's the conversation of of both sort of coming to the table saying let's talk about how we could do better together you know and I think you know also like one thing that I have realized of late is my employees and like my mentees and all of that I've learned so much from and I think taking like being able to listen and being able to realize that there is a whole nother generation of like super talented, super smart people coming up in the world. And if you take the like moment to actually listen to what they have to say and to learn and to have a conversation and to realize that, you know, there's there's so much more than sort of your own knowledge and that every day is a new opportunity to sort of learn. I think you can sort of have mentors in the most unexpected places. So I think, you know, that ability to be sort of constantly listening, listening and constantly evolving and constantly trying to find something new, I think has been very exciting. And I think especially this, like the last year, I think for me, I was like, oh my goodness, I forgot that I really enjoy learning. And I really enjoy finding out new things. And I think it sort of made me a better, definitely a better business owner. Um, I think a better boss and probably like, you know, a better better mother and spouse as well and daughter and all the things that you are <laughs> as, as a woman in this world. So um, I think mentors can come in many shapes and forms. And I think knowing that it doesn't always have to be the traditional mentor-mentee relationship, I think is really exciting to have discovered.
0: Yeah, I think that's awesome. And so what advice did they give you that that you feel really helped you get where you are now?
1: You know, I think I, I come from a long line of entrepreneurs. Like my dad wasn't owned his own business for years. And I've seen the sort of the need for like, just like perseverance. Like, I don't know. Some people might call it stubbornness because <laughs> I, just, I just like won't, I won't take no for an answer. I just will keep on going until I achieve what I want the outcome to be. But I also think, you know, in equal measure sort of be kind and have empathy and, you know, be flexible. I think, you know, trust is something it took me a long time to learn of being able to sort of trust my team, you know, and, and give them the ability to do what they do best. Um, and I think when I was sort of able to sort of let go a little bit, I think that was a really great learning and great advice that I got from some of my mentors And also like, I think the one thing that I learned probably most was, you know, like you should always forgive yourself, um, because you're, you're gonna, you're gonna make wrong turns, but you know, if you say, oh, well, I screwed up, (laughs) I'm going to do something better next time. (laughs) And, and then sort of learn from what, where you went wrong and, and, and do better. I think that is something that was a really lovely learning and something that uh some advice that I was given pretty early on that I don't know if I always take to heart, but when I do, I'm always thankful that I do. Yeah.
0: <laughs> awesome. And so what are some of the challenges that you face throughout your career and and how have you overcome them? Or are there any that you kind of wish you had handled differently?
1: I think running a business is challenging no matter what, right? I think male, female, you know, when you are um Running a business, you have a lot of things to juggle, you know. And I think that it takes some time to really kind of get into a groove. And then, when the minute you get into a groove, you something happens and mm-hmm. it goes out of whack again. You know, one thing that took a while for me to learn when I was, you know, sort of owning a business and running a running a company is that you're you're in the business of people, right? So your employees or your clients or your customers or your audience. And I think sometimes you're sort of juggling so much that you kind of are just sort of checking things off the list and you forget that there is a humanity behind that sometimes. And I think one of the challenges that I, there's two things that sort of happened in the last couple of years that I think really sort of changed me, but also changed the trajectory of the company quite a bit. I think one is, you know, we grew pretty quickly a couple years ago, and I think I was somewhat ill-equipped to handle the size of the team that we grew so quickly. And I was like, oh my goodness, now I have all these employees. And I think that I, I forgot that we bring people on for their unique talent or their unique skill set and giving them, you know, the reins to do that sometimes because I do I like to have my hands in all the pots. Mm -hmm. I think that was something that, you know, having that moment of like, oh my gosh, I need to kind of let go a little bit was something that I kind of faced last year. Um, I had a pretty rare pregnancy complication. So I was sort of out of commission for a few months and sort of extend, I was like in the hospital for quite a while prior to my son being born. And like, I literally had no choice but to let go. And it was so not my natural state of being. And so it was incredibly challenging for the company. It was incredibly challenging for me. I think coming out of that, I think I had this incredible realization that I had an incredible supportive team. I had a great partner. And while I was dealing with my thing, things were still going and they were fine. Yeah. And so I think when I kind of got it was able to get back into work and I had my baby and everything is great now. I I think that it taught me a, that I can let go and I can not have to sort of like always know what everything is and, and not always have to be so controlling. And I think the other thing that it taught me was real empathy towards my employees. Cause I think, you know, everyone is dealing with work and with their life and with their families and with life and death and babies and like whatever is going on. And I think Because of that experience, I'm now able to hear and listen and be there for my employees or my clients or my business partner in ways that I probably wouldn't have been able to prior to that because I just didn't get it. Yeah. And so that was like an incredibly challenging time. It took the company a little bit to kind of get its, you know, sea legs back. But I think sort of having coming out of that on the other side, there is a moment of clarity of you can be empathetic and you can be human and you can be, you don't always have to be incredibly strong. You can be, you can have moments of weakness and all of those things just sort of make for a better person, make for a better company experience, make for a better work experience and make for a better product in the end for your clients too. So I think that was kind of a really unique learning. Um, definitely like a hard one. Um, but in the end, I think was something that I'm really kind of thankful that I actually had that experience because I think it kind of has changed the trajectory of who we are and where we're going as a company.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm definitely glad everything's okay and, and all is good now, but it sounds like you definitely learned a lot from that, which is always always good to, to come out of a bad situation having learned something. But so... To jump gears a little bit or switch gears a little bit, I feel like, you know, they say women don't brag about themselves enough. So I would love for you to tell me about your greatest accomplishment in your career so far.
1: It's very hard, I think, for women to brag about themselves. So <laughs> I, it's a great question and I understand why it's so challenging to answer. <laughs> um, I, you know, I think for me that having a business in in an industry that's primarily male-dominated, and having it sustain itself for, you know, seven years, I think is a really, I'm I'm really proud of that. I'm really proud that we grew from just like me and my business partner sitting in my living room, sort of doing the hustle, you know, and figuring this out yeah. to actually having a sustainable company, and having some really great clients and really great projects that we've worked on. You know, and I think that, you know, we have done our very best to do it with like, integrity and authenticity, which I think is something that's awesome. You know, I remember uh, when we first started the company, you are in an agency, you go off and you start your own company and you always sort of like take your clients with you. And my business partner and I were very, very firm that we would not take any of our clients from any of our old companies, (laughs) Mm -hmm. that we were going to get new clients, that we were not going to do anything that was sort of like, even like remotely Icky feeling. We were going to be like super in integrity with building a company from the ground up with no clients uh, <laughs> on our roster. Um, I think we each put in $500 into the bank account. And that's how we started. And I think, you know, we just sort of have grown from there and very organically. So most of our business has been with repeat clients or word of mouth or clients introducing us to new clients. And having this beautiful, like organic build that has been from a place of like sort of honesty and integrity, I think has is something that I'm very proud of. We've been very fortunate that we have these incredible relationships um, with our with our clients that we can kind of keep working with them and they want to recommend us. And I think that sort of speaks to sort of who we are and how we approach business. And that I think is something that's super exciting.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And that definitely is a huge accomplishment. So congratulations on that. So what advice would you give women and men who are just starting their careers?
1: I would say if you're just starting out in your careers, I think find the right teachers and mentors to kind of help you navigate I think that's a really important piece of that and friends and colleagues and and people to sort of bounce ideas off of because I think having a network and building that network is what's going to kind of keep you successful. So I think especially in sort of our this day and age you having a really rich network of people that you can call upon throughout your career because you never know where your next job is going to come from or your next partnership or your next client is going to come from. So always be in integrity, always sort of be honest and be fun to work with, work hard so that when you need something or you have, a, you know, you're in your next phase of your career or you're trying to sort of pivot, you have, a really beautiful network of people who can help you navigate what your next what your next job will be or your next goal will be. So I think that sort of network building of colleagues and friendships and mentors and mentees, and staying in contact and doing it in a really authentic way, um I think is something that will allow for a lot of people to have great success. Awesome. And
0: I think that's fabulous advice. And I will take that and do that myself. So as we wrap up, I'd love to hear about what's next and what you're most excited about for the future.
1: Yeah. I know. I think there is some really like with the new technologies that we have at our disposal. And I think with the way that people communicate and the way that people experience things, there's so many interesting ways to tell stories. And that's the thing that like I love most about what I do is that we're just telling like really cool stories and we're just doing it in a way that is uh, in an environment, right? So we, we call it spatial storytelling and, you know, how you can sort of activate spaces through like really sort of unique technology and like really smart content. I think that's like seeing those trends are super exciting and seeing what's next and sort of always being like on the cutting edge of that has been really fun for me um, and fun for the business, you know, and finding the right team and orchestrating that team to sort of like create really cool experiences for people has been really fun. So I think um, the sort of the trends that I sort of see in the industry in like retail tech and event technology and digital at a home and how you can sort of create experiences both in real life and how that translates to like really incredible experiences online um, is is a really unique space that we're currently living in. And I think it's a really interesting thing for the sort of marketing in general and sort of that trajectory and seeing where that's going.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's awesome that we have amazing women at the forefront of it all. (laughs) Nasia, thank you so much for taking the time to share your wisdom with us today. Check back soon for another episode of Boss Ladies.